Keep asking if I'm back. And the Baba Yaga is back, everybody. It's Norm coming to you with another episode of Scruffy City Sports. And I am just all excited. I, I don't know why. I've gotten a little hopper in the last minute or two while I was trying to find a song, which is, you know, it's it's it, it always bothers me here when I'm trying to find like an intro song and then Oh gosh. Sometimes I just, it takes me a long time. I want to set the mood and, and the song I'm going to have softly in the background is what I really wanted to come into. But the beat takes so long. Just everybody get out your glow sticks and let's listen for a second. You ready? Let me set the scene for you. We're all walking in with our suits. We're somewhere in some catacombs hanging out with Common and some people. We're in Rome. That's where we're at. I forgot where John Wick 2 sets place, but it's Rome. I just got my Kevlar suit and I got all my dinner reservations for 12. Picked out my stuff for that. Here it comes. Get ready, everybody. It's so good. And while we're at it, let's just do one of these. I'd like to make a dinner reservation for 12. Gosh, Keanu, Keanu Reeves. Have you seen John Wick 4? Or have you been out and about? Have you, have you maybe went down the rabbit hole and said, since 4's out, let's watch 1, 2, and 3? I know I have. Uh, exciting stuff. Uh, I would, you know, encourage you to go watch the John Wick franchise. I have... Talk to numerous people. I think I'm more excited about where John Wick is going, has been, than anything Marvel has got coming up. I just really am looking forward to another John Wick movie, a John Wick TV show. We're getting a John Wick cin cinematic universe, and I'm here for it. I'm not against it. I'm super excited for wherever Keanu and company want to take us on this journey and this ride. You know, he, in my opinion... We're, we're still in living in the Matrix, and he's just w yet to or, uh, transform into Neo. But I digress. I will not get into that. I just, just, it is what it is, as they would say. But anyway, how's everyone doing? It is Sunday, April the 2nd. The months, days, years are just flying by. I know personally, they all fly by, but, you know, we're in April. It seems like yesterday I was just telling you we were in February and January, and before you know it, we'll be talking about football. But before then, we have got lots of baseball to get to. I am going to briefly talk about the Atlanta Braves. Here's my briefly talking about the Atlanta Braves. Since opening day, they have went 2-1. and one. Way to go, Bravos. Super excited for you guys. I just love, and stop me if you've heard Norm say this before, I just love, I would just be able to enjoy watching the Atlanta Braves on TV. I can't do it, 
Major League Baseball, this is my call to arms, my action item if we were in corporate America. Please get your ish together, as the kids would say, because I low-key really would like to watch some Major League Baseball that's not the Dodgers. Uh, who else was on TV? The Phillies were on TV. Uh, the Red Sox are always on TV. The Yankees are always on TV. I would like to watch a team other than those that I just mentioned, preferably the Atlanta Braves. Even give me the Cincinnati Reds. I would be happy with them as well. Give me the Marlins in their throwback uniforms. Give me anyone but the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Red Sox, and I think I would be happy. Maybe even the Rangers at the Phillies I wouldn't be excited about or the Mets. But really, my short list is just Dodgers, Yankees, Red Sox. And I would I would be happy, you know, just Rob Manfred, you listening, pick up a streaming service where blackouts aren't a thing. You know, I, I live about three-ish hours away from Atlanta. I'm not driving there 81 times a year to watch the Braves play. I, however, would pay, you know, $100 a year or, or more to watch the Braves on a streaming service. It is 2023. I don't know, you know, maybe there's some people that still have real cable. I, I don't know. I'm not one of them. I've not had cable in probably the better part of a decade now. I would just like to be able to watch the Braves so and do it legally. I know there are illegal ways of doing that, but legally watch the Atlanta Braves. But until then, I will do highlights and listen to Ben Ingram on the radio because I enjoy that. But the Atlanta Braves, 2-1, and one, Great start to the year. That's all we got for the Atlanta Braves. And so let's just go on to something else. My mind's telling me no. But my body, my body's telling me yes. Gosh. I forget that man's canceled. He can sing, but I, please don't come at me for playing an R. Kelly sound clip. I apologize. I'm sorry. The awful person had some good jams back in the day. That's that's all I'll say about that. Let's let's talk Tennessee baseball. They had a midweek game that none of us care about. Midweek games, in my opinion, don't matter. Uh, Xander Seacrest pitched. He looked great. The Vols won. Yada yada yada. That's all we're going to talk about Tuesday's game. Let's let's get on to the matchup that everybody was excited about. I know I have this series circled in my little imaginary calendar uh, for, for quite a while now. Uh, was the LSU Guix Tigers uh, against the Tennessee Vols. LSU is number one. Tennessee, depending on which 47 college baseball ranking systems you have them, Norm Scruffy City rankings would have them number one, regardless if they went like 0-50 for the year. So we'll throw mine into the mix there. They are number one. So in Norm's mind, it was number one going against number one on a different ranking service. So there you have it. The Guix Tigers versus the Tennessee Fighting Voltellos. And and this series was all it was cracked up to be. It was, uh, again, like I told you last week, this was a Thursday, Friday, Saturday affair. I love me some Thursday night Tennessee Vols baseball. Big, big ups. I'm super excited about it. As I'm telling you this, I am kind of thinking into the future, and I'm just going to ramble today because why not? You know, it's my podcast. If you listen to it, you know this is a common thing. If you don't listen to it, hello and welcome, and and thanks for tuning in. Thanks for spending a little part of your day listening to me go on about Tennessee sports. Already had a little rant about the Major League Baseball and how it's impossible to watch it unless you live out of market. And then if if I didn't live in Knoxville, 
stop myself there. I, I started down the. I, I I started to squirrel. I had my blinker on like I was going to take a right while we were just cruising down the road there, and just just decided against it. Really did. Just did. Uh, anyway. So, yes, we have another Thursday night set up against the Florida Gators. They are coming to Knoxville. That's not what we're talking about, but I'm foreshadowing into the future another Thursday, Friday, Saturday matchup with the Gators. And what I'm excited about, no midweek game this week. So all the guys get to, you know, relax, kick back, go to Canes on the Strip or, or Cookout, Bohanglaze. Maybe they go to Abridged. Maybe they go wherever else you go eat in Knoxville, Sweet Peas Barbecue. I wouldn't recommend it, but, you know, maybe that suits your fancy. I don't know. Maybe maybe you go to South Coast Pizza, wherever the kids on campus go these days. I hope they go. Personally, if it was me, I'd be going to Miss, Ma- Miss Betty's Magic Walk out in Oak Ridge. She gets a free sponsor plug for the day. Fantastic cashew chicken and fried wontons. Some of the best food I've had in quite a while. So shout out to Jack. You know who you are. Thanks for hooking me up, being my cashew chicken plug for the week. And uh, anyway, back to the the series that was. Man, we I, I didn't want to squirrel. We squirreled full circle, coming back around. This LSU-Tennessee matchup was circled on everyone's college baseball calendar for the year going into this. It was a one-and-two matchup. Tennessee lost to Missouri. Bounce back against Texas A&M, and now you're caught up with the third series of the SEC play for the Vols. Did you get to watch any of these games? Thursday and Friday night's games were fantastic. Saturday's game was was just as great, but let's deep dive, and I will try to keep the statistics to a minimum in this section, but we are going to talk stats at the end of the series, so get ready for that. If you hate it, thanks for making it this far, and you know maybe I'll talk about something you enjoyed later on. Anyway, Thursday night's game was, I I mean, I don't want to say, I mean, I am a National League baseball fan, so I love pitching matchups, I love low scoring, I love all of that stuff, and really, Thursday's game was that. Paul Skeens, look, I am a fan of baseball, while I am a humongous Tennessee sports fan, huge, huge, huge. I do respect the game of baseball, and I I respect other players that are good, unless your name's Freddie Freeman or Dansby Swanson. If you know, you know. But it, for that, for this reason, Paul Skeens, one, steals my heart because he wears stirrup steel. When I grew up, everybody was rocking those stirrups. The high baseball pants, as I like to call them, fantastic look from that dude. Not so sure about the bandana thing he's got going on in his hat. A lot of those LSU guys had that. I I'm not a fan. I am a fan of the high socks. I'm a fan of his pitching stuff. Dude's going to be first-round draft pick, probably not if the first round. Well, barring – we won't go down that road. But anyway, he'll be a top pick in this year's draft along with Chase Dolander. And this matchup was everything I wanted and more. I really thought, you know, last week I said Tennessee needs to get win a game. Win a game. I had a lot of people come after me and be like, Norm, gosh, well – what are you talking about here? Why don't you have a little faith? You know, this team's really good. And I've told you in this podcast, I've told you, I've told you, this team is not last year's team. Last year's team, I can guarantee you on however many years of my life I have left on this planet Earth, 
that I will not see another college baseball team like that. I mean, I'm, there might be one, maybe, but I don't think UT's baseball team is going to do what they did again, what they did last year again anytime soon. That was generational talent. That was historic numbers. It's not going to happen, folks. It's just not. I have told you to enjoy this program. Enjoy the ride like Miley Cyrus has told us. You know, it's it's the climb, everyone. It's the climb. And just, just, we need to be patient. We need to be patient. There is a saying out there, good teams win and find a way to win when they're losing. And LSU, big props to them, humongous. I mean, they played like the number one team. They got knocked around all weekend long and bounced back. And you have to, you have to tip your cat, tip your cat. Don't tip your cap, tip your cap to them for doing that they i mean we we tennessee gave them all they could and and granted probably should have won the series now i don't know friday night's game i mean we came out early and blah 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 but the game we should have won was thursday night we should have stole this game tennessee ended up losing and as i've alluded to they lost the series they lost thursday and friday so i'm saying that now so when i get rambling heavy here in a minute we'll all be like norm what what happened so lost Thursday, lost Friday, won Saturday. The Thursday night, we 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 didn't have a great game by any means, but we got Paul Skeens out. We we our bats came alive. We actually were winning this game in the going into the bottom of the eighth inning, two to one. And I really thought we had a chance. We got into their bullpen. You look great. Now there's a lot that I didn't like about Thursday night's game, but when you are in it late in extra inning or not extra innings, but late in a baseball game, anything can happen. Anything can happen. Routine throws become chaotic and hectic. Errors happen and they shouldn't. Routine plays. There's added pressure. They're playing down there in Alec Box Stadium that holds like fifteen thousand people. It's like it's bigger than you know. I, I'm in Knoxville. Wherever you're listening, we've got a double A team just up the road technically down the road, but we're going to say up the road, the Tennessee Smokies. I think that place holds like five or 6,000 people. So that's a double-A baseball park. A college baseball stadium holds 15,000 people. That's like triple-A baseball, if not more. It is a fantastic spectacle. I would love to get down to Baton Rouge and take a, a, a game in that atmosphere. LSU fans are very top-notch. They're very... Uh, classy might be a little way, weird way of saying it, but they are very uh, have a high baseball IQ. I would say they know good baseball when they see it. I thought they were very respectful to Tennessee's fans and Tennessee's baseball program as a whole. So that was good to see, you know, shine on them. And, and I don't want to take anything away from LSU's win Thursday night, but Tennessee did have some blunders. Uh, like I said, good teams find a way to win. And, and, and on this podcast, I'm going to call balls, balls, and strikes, strikes. I thought our defensive play all weekend long was atrocious. It was, it was awful. I mean, I really don't have a nice way of sugarcoating how bad our defense was all weekend long, even in the win Saturday. I still think it looked like trash. You know, I, I it, do I hate the program for that? No. But can I criticize a little? Yes. I, I feel like our defense, I have never in my life, and I'm all over the place, so just full sailing. I'm glad I told you the recap. Never in my life, Friday night in a game, seen five position players. So that's first baseman, second baseman, shortstop, third baseman, and the pitcher all standing around the pitcher's mound and watch a ball fall and a guy stand on second base. I, I don't. I, 
I've seen a lot of Pop Warner baseball. I played baseball all through high school. I have watched Little League games. I have watched, you name it, as far as baseball levels go, I've watched it and, and more on more hands than I want to count. And I cannot recall ever seeing that happen, let alone at a collegiate level or in any level. I'm sure in Little League it's happened. I get it. But at a D1 SEC school, I have never in my life seen that happen. And it happened multiple times. I don't know what this – I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what to say. I don't know if maybe our team needs to go out and do some team bonding. I don't know if we need to get them all in a conference room and have like a retro and talk things out or go bowling or go play paintball or I don't know what they need to do. But somebody on that infield needs to – get some BDE behind him and become the man and call that ball and run off Zane Denton from the mound or Zane Denton needs to get some testicular fortitude and get that ball. It, I, I don't understand it. This, this team is going to have some fielding woes throughout the season, but when you're in close games, those fielding woes are just multiply and then you get into your head and then it just – snowballs out of control and that is what happened thursday night bringing it norm really bringing it full circle there i am tennessee had a chance to win thursday night and, and i feel like blew it on some base running blunder it wasn't running fielding blunders and i just got frustrated i know that i told you last week hey i just want to steal a game down in lsu but really and truly Really and truly, my AI semantics, and, and when I throw all these numbers into the computer, I'm blah, 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 we should have won two. We should have won two out of three games. And, and really, Friday night we had a chance to win as well. It's just frustrating. It's frustrating, and I, you know, I'm coming. This is a place of love. I'm not going to call out kids' names, even though I did say Zane didn't. With that, sorry, but I just, it, it's frustrating when we played so well. Chase Dolander, I know if you just look at the box box score and you're new to baseball, you're going to be like, oh, Norm, he only went four and two-thirds innings, and he gave up two runs and a home run to beat. Well, who cares? He was going toe-to-toe with Paul Skeens. That is, he looked fantastic. He gave up a double early in the game and then bounced back and looked really, really good. I don't know as our pitching staff as a whole. I don't know if they've got a little too much testicular fortitude. I don't know if they've got some MLB scouts in their ear. And again, I'm not a pitching coach, and I for surely didn't play at that level of college baseball. But you have to wonder, now seeing them through three SEC series, they just don't have that dominant stuff like they did last year. I don't know if they're trying to be too cute and, and go for some swing and miss stuff when they really should just bear down on those guys and just do what they did last year. I don't know also if if everyone's got a better scout on them. I don't know if – I just don't know. I don't know if they're tipping pitches. I don't know what it is. But Chase Burns and Chase Dolan are both settled in nicely. Drew Beam also had a comfortable lead yesterday, and we'll get to Saturday's game when we talked about that. But I just – I'm concerned we're running this, you know, murder's row, this gauntlet of of top five, top ten teams going into that, and Florida is another one. And then we've got Arkansas and Vandy coming up as well. And I'm just really want five more wins out of these next three series. 
Six wins would be fantastic. I think just, man, Norm, you're all over the place. Not apologizing for it. You can deal with it. But that's, that's looking ahead kind of big picture. We're, we're still in this. I've not looked at other stats. Tennessee just needs to keep on winning and, and you know, keep putting one foot forward in front of the other. It's just, oh, it's just frustrating. It's frustrating to see that we were so close against, you know, the top team in the land and just let it slip away. But, again, good teams find a way to win. I still think we're a good team. I think we're meshing well. I think we're I'm, – I'm giving up on my notes. So, here you go. Game one, Tennessee lost 5-2. to two. Friday night, Tennessee lost 6-4. to four. And then game three, which was Saturday, Tennessee won 14-7. to seven. You know, I'm not going to – and I, I, I turned the iPad off, everyone. So, it's just come up, pull up a chair. We're going to sit by the campfire. We're going we're gonna to discuss here on Norm's Fireside Chat. This team – and I, I, stop me if you've heard me say this before. So, go ahead and hit the, the stop button on the podcast. They're still – they're young. They have replaced every position player other than the pitcher on this team. They are still figuring it out. They're still finding a way. They're still meshing together. You know, those routine plays, not calling off someone, letting a ball drop on a double on an infield pop-up, things like that. It, it, we're still young in the season. We're, we're about halfway through, and you're like, Norm, we're halfway through. How is it still young? They're still trying to figure this out. I get that. It can be frustrated. You can be frustrated with this team and criticize them without – calling for Tony Vitello's head or saying, you know, that kid doesn't need to play anymore. I can give you some numbers on some kids that that are struggling. And, and I'll still probably come back with the stats portion of this podcast. But we, I want them to gel at the right time. And, and Saturday's win was their first road win of the season, first SEC road win of the season. I'm not counting any of that. Mid, well, they've not played any other ones. But it's their first road win of the season. It was a big step in the right direction. I'm not giving out a participation grade here. I'm not giving out participation trophies. But it's, it's you know, you got to, what is it? You got to take one step to walk 100 or whatever whatever the saying is. There's I'm sure there's something out there that I slipped my mind while I'm over here doing my thing here at the moment. But this team is is going to gel and and when they do they're going to start firing off things it's it's going to come second nature hitting is contagious that's a saying you say in baseball momentum is contagious in baseball and once this team figures it out and i'm not saying i will say this i feel like if they would have won thursday night they had a chance to sweep lsu I really do believe that we we knocked their friday night starter paul skeens out of there Looked, I mean, he was dominant the whole game, very dominant. But we came back, we battled back, and then got in our own head. We just, we just had some some defensive blunders, and I, I just, I just had this feeling that Tony Vitale is going to ride this ship. I didn't listen to any of the post game conference things this week. I, I didn't want to hear it. I, I saw what I needed to see on the field. We were very competitive, and I. I got more mad that we should have won than if we would have just laid an egg. We didn't do that. I thought it was great. However, going forward, you know, alluding to what, you know, down the road, they've still got three series. You've got Florida coming to town, going to Arkansas, and then Vandy's coming to town. Huge three-game set. Now, there's a possibility 
you know, I, I don't want to say it. Missouri is the weird one for me. That is the outlier out of the three series we've had so far. I, I don't understand it. Going 0-3 at Missouri and not battling back and getting a win like we did yesterday at LSU is is going to be huge. It's it's already huge. But, you know, looking at one game under 500 in SEC play being 4-5, and five, you know, it almost puts us into a half-two win, two out of three against Florida to be competitive going forward. But we really have to win two out of three against Florida. Now, look, we're coming back to the the friendly confines, as they would say, of Lindsey Nelson Stadium. I think this team plays a whole lot better. And a lot of the people I listen to have alluded to or said that as well. But this team feeds off its home crowd energy, you know, you know, Cracker Jack, you know, whatever you want to call our stadium. People call it all kinds of things. Other teams hit home runs out at Lindsey Nelson just like we do. We hit home runs out this weekend. I, I don't get it. I, I really don't. It's 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 just a home field advantage, and I think we have a huge one at Lindsey Nelson. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I think it's a good thing. But we've dug ourselves into this 0-3 hole, evened it up with Texas A&M. We have to get above 500 in league play. To, to, you know, have a shot in Hoover, whatever you want to count that for, and then also to have a shot in postseason play. Now, look, we still got a lot of baseball left. It's I, I'm not hitting the panic purge button yet, but I think these two, you know, this the next three weekends are going to be very telling where this team's going to be on the other side of that. Have they going to throw the towel in and we're done, you know, riding this season off? Or are they going to grit grind, you know, like we're in Memphis in the 901 and, and bounce back and, and surprise somebody, you know, maybe take two out of three in Arkansas or take two out of three for the rest of them, which would, you know, make us go in, what, seven and five, uh, which would just be fantastic. Uh, or, you know, maybe we'll sweep somebody. Who knows? But I still love this baseball program. I love everything that Tony Valls does over there. I, I know, I know it was good to see – Tennessee come out Saturday with some determination to not get swept. And I understand LSU probably had sailed it in, already taking the series, but coming up, putting up 10 in the first two, or first three innings against LSU was huge. Now, LSU battled back. I mean, they they got off the mat several times, like this was a boxing analogy, and played really well. And, you know, and were into that game. They were so into it that Tennessee, and I alluded to those defensive errors, Drew, ba- Drew Beam, left the game with six runs. It was 10 to six and only five or one of those runs was earned. So he only gave up one earned run and it was 10 to six. That should tell you everything you need to know about all the defensive blunders. I've kind of been alluding to in this podcast, but saying all that to say this, I think, I think, I really think yesterday's win is going to be a big building block going forward. I I, I foresee I really do. I think we turned a corner. I just really hope so. I, I, I really, I'm not tempering my expectations. After this weekend against Florida, I think it'll be very telling to see where we're at. Uh, body language with this team is just, it's something else that I never thought I would question over there. Um, sometimes our approach is, you know, every guy wants to hit a home run. Look, the dingers look good. As as Tom Glavin and John Smoltz said, chicks dig the long ball, and they do. Norm digs the long ball, but you've got to get men on base. You you are. I'm not going to get on my soapbox. I'm just going to stop. But anyway, 
I love this baseball program. Please, 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 if you've made it this far through the podcast, do not check out on them. Do not be a fair-weather Tennessee fan. I'm begging you, please. I will tell you at the beginning of the season, everybody had Tennessee baseball in their little Instagram stories. Everybody's doing so well. I can't even tell you the last time I saw someone post something, unless it's like a Tennessee fan page, about Tennessee baseball. I, and it just blows my mind. I, I want everyone to enjoy this sport. I talked about it, and now I'm getting on my soapbox, so get ready. Major League Baseball is in its own way for whatever reason. They are just a bunch of buffoons, can't figure it out, can't watch any baseball game. If the best streaming service you can buy is ESPN Plus, it's like it used to be $5 a month. I think it's $7.99 now, or it's under $10 a month. You can watch every college baseball game, every college lacrosse, soccer softball whatever you want to watch on there mlb take a page from espn and give me that service for major league baseball you want to grow your sport that's how you do it that's what college baseball is doing college baseball last year everyone was talking about it they've taken away all the celebration fun stuff i get it a bunch of old white caucasian men there with the ncaa doesn't want anyone to have fun i get it i understand that it's stupid asinine stupidity take fun away i get it but listen college baseball it's becoming a thing i I, people at my work talk about it like they know what they're talking about i'm not saying they don't they just talk about it now it's it is the sport's growing mlb is not growing i love it i love it but but anyway i'm just gonna whatever Whoa, whoa. All right, I had to stop myself. I Really, I apologize for not deep diving uh, deeply enough into some stats for from the games. I just, sometimes I start getting on, I get on that soapbox, everybody, and I can't get off of it. Let me, I'm going to briefly give you some stats for Tennessee baseball. These are SEC-only stats. I don't care about the midweek crap, and I don't care about who we played in non-conference play. These are midweek stats so, and also now I'm thinking about it. We won an away game way back in that little MLB tournament at the beginning of the year. But anyway, I digress. These are SEC-only stats. Again, I've said that three times. These are SEC-only stats. Everybody in the back of the room, SEC-only stats. Come on now. All right, so your batting average leader for the team is Hunter Inslee. I really feel like Hunter Inslee has testicular fortitude and said i'm going to be the center fielder coach and i'm going to show you with my bat and i'm going to force you to take me out of games i love what he's doing out there in center field i also secretly love the stash that man's got rocking i don't i've never i don't know if hunter inslee has an nil deal but he needs to him and kirby need to come up something with the mustache game because it's on point uh hunter inslee i said all that to say he's got a 435 batting average fantastic jared dickey the wondering man that gets no credit for playing the outfield one day and catching the next or playing the outfield and one inning and catching the next. How he's doing that, I have no idea. Big ups to him. But the reason he's doing that is because he's batting 387 in SEC games. He's he's 12 of 31. He's doing great things. He's that that's why we're seeing Jared Dickey all over the place is because of his we need his bat. Christian Moore's batting 367. 
Dylan Dryling, who we talked about earlier on the podcast, he is begging, begging Coach Vitello to put him in somewhere. He's DHing. He's playing the outfield. He's got a baby face. He's got a bright future ahead of him at UT. He's batting a cool 300. Down the list we go. I know some of those might not be your household names. Maui uh, is batting 265. Zane Denton, who had a pretty good weekend, two home runs, yada, 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 uh, is batting 241. Blakey Bombs Burke, he had a good weekend. He struggled a little on SEC play, but again, this you, you just, just just it's okay, it's okay. We're short sample size. You know, most of these guys have only had thirty-ish at bats or so. Uh, you know, he's batting two sixteen. Christian Scott's batting one fifty-eight. His def, he's in for his defense. He does have, come up with some clutch hits from time to time. Love what we're doing with Christian Scott in right field. I really like that. I, kind of digging that outfield vibe from him. He's a veteran, senior leadership. I understand we're, we're going with Christian Scott. All right, now the next guy I want to talk about is Griffin Merritt. I don't know this guy from from John Wayne. I don't know him from Adam sitting across from me. I don't, I don't, I don't know Griffin Merritt. I hope he has an illustrious career in the MLB, makes millions and millions of dollars, and does great things. I hope he – wish him nothing but the best – but I'm going to read you his stat line after saying that I hope this man goes forth and prospers. I hope he great things are ahead of this young man. Griffin Merritt currently is batting a dot zero four three. He is one for 23 in his last 23 plate appearances with 12 strikeouts and one base on ball. I'll read that to you one more time. He's one of 23, which mathematicians out there equals a .043 batting average with 12 strikeouts and one one base on balls. If if you wanted his slash line, it's a .043 slash .083 for on base slash dot one four seven for slugging it's it's it doesn't look pretty i say all that to say this griffin Merritt. if you're listening to this podcast i i don't know what we got to do i know baseball players are superstitious i don't know if you need to grow a mustache shave a mustache off change out your socks wear the same socks i, I don't know what juju we got to get going i don't know if we need to major league baseball this and get the sage out and clean out the locker room i don't know if if we need to you know get our little booba uh, uh, what is the thing what is the buddha doll thing and, and and put some sage in its mouth maybe smoke a cigar maybe change it up from chick-fil-a to canes or from canes to chick-fil-a or zaxby's or popeye's I don't know what we're doing. Maybe we need to switch from Monster to Red Bull, but I am challenging Griffin Merritt. He's got to come out of this slump. We really, we're not dependent upon his baseball bat, but we are dependent upon Griffin Merritt, the transfer, the all AAC player of the year last year, to step it up. Now, listen, if you need me to come give you a back rub, massage your shoulders, you know, carry your bat around for you, carry your gloves around, get you some water, whatever you need me to do, I'm here to support you. You need me to throw some some BP for you, I'm here for you, Griffin. I want you to succeed and do nothing but the best here while you're at Tennessee. But as I read these stats, they're not great. They're not great at all. But I still love you, man. I, I really do. 
one for 23 with 12 strikeouts is, is, is. Whew. It's something. It's something. All right, that's that's all the stats I think my brain can take. Uh, let's let's do let's do this, and then we're gonna wrap everything up. I don't often do this. I, I I don't usually talk about women's sports in general on the podcast. I know. Sometimes I'll talk about the softball team over on the hill just because they're doing good things, and they are, and they've got a beautiful mommy hat that's coming out at Alumni Hall in the Vol Shop that <laughs> you know Norm's going to get one of those. I need a mommy hat in my life. Anyway, I just – there was a topic on a radio show the other day that I listened to, and they were talking about get-in prices for the men's and women's Final Four. Uh, if you don't know what a get-in price is, a, a lot of times you can buy a general admission ticket just to get in the door and you know either try to find another seat or standing room only, whatever it is. And I'm going to give you both of these numbers, and I want you, the living listener, to think about it. And I'll give you a second or two to think about it. Well, actually, while we're doing that, uh, I'll do something really quick. So get your thinking hats on, everybody. Let's play trivia real quick. The get-in price for one Final Four, we'll say – Final Four one, don't want to, whatever it is, was at one point in time was $46. It went as low as $14 the day of. So $14. And the other one was $176. And then the day of went to $450. So day before, we'll go with the day of prices, which was $14 and $450. All right. Which one do you think was which? I'll give you a second. everyone final answers please i will tell you right now the men's tournament was the low number so it was like 15 dollars to get into the men's final four and the women's was 450 dollars. what amazes me is one how how much growth is in women's sports i guess and i'm just i don't know if i'm being uh sexist is the term or probably not male chauvinist but maybe male chauvinist about women's sports i just i can't get into them so i'm sorry i'm sorry I'll say that up front, but for those prices, that is fantastic. And, and and one of the radio shows I listened to had said, "Look at what Pat Summit has done," and, and that is fantastic. I I don't want to take anything away from that. I can't add to it. I, I didn't watch it, but just to see, you know, I grew up when Pat Summit won eight national championships over there. Will that ever happen again over there? Probably not. Hopefully, maybe, but I don't know. And just to see that women's college basketball was, I mean, I don't even, what's 15 to $500? I, I don't know the math on that. 60 times, six times, I, whatever it is, so much more ticket. I just wanted to applaud that. I just wanted to come on here, eat a little crow, and say that is fantastic for the game of women's basketball, that the ticket price was just that so 
disparaging, so much, uh, I don't know the word I'm looking for, uh, uh, so much, uh, I don't know what I'm looking for, the, whatever. And some could say, you know, I, I could be like, oh, well, those teams, you know, nobody wanted to watch those. It doesn't matter to me. I don't care. The numbers are what they are. They'll be like that for history. And I just want to applaud that and, and really say that Pat Summit has would have really enjoyed seeing that. I think she would have. Anyway, let's do this. I'll come back and tell everybody goodbye. Hold on just a sec. That is the podcast, everyone. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for taking this elevator ride with me, uh, this journey for the last 40 minutes or so on the podcast. Thank you to each and every one of you that tune in weekly and listen to me rant and rave and do a horrendous job this week of giving you baseball stats and scores. But it happens. Sometimes I see a squirrel and I run after it and I just can't wrangle myself back in. But, you know, it is what it is, as they would say. And that's it. That's it for the podcast. I'm not going to continue on with ranting and raving. Thank you for listening. We will see you again next week. Remember, Tennessee does not have a midweight game. We play them Gator, them jort-wearing, crock-loving Florida Gators this weekend at Lindsey Nelson. And that is a Thursday, Friday, Saturday matchup. So that means all three games will be on something other than ESPN+. Plus. So SEC Network, ESPNU, something. I will come back and give you the breakdown next week. The Braves play I don't know, and I don't care. I will keep up with them, but I can't watch them, and I've already ranted about that, so we won't start again. But until then, I will see each and every one of you in the future.